Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Coogee Voice. Today, we're talking with Brenda Miley, who's breaking the bias and changing the status quo in the eastern suburbs. She's the first Tamarama bronzie and is the owner of Let's Go Surfing. You're listening to Coogee Voice. My job isn't done. My purpose is to change people's lives one wave at a time. And the people who I want to change their lives, it's people who come to us who learn to surf. But we also have a very big community program where disadvantaged kids or Indigenous kids or disabled people, they come and do a low-cost or no-cost program. I feel like surfing is something when you get in the ocean everybody's equal you don't know who anyone is you don't know how much money they've got you don't know where they're from we're all equal and we're all battling the same ocean so I think it's a really good place to sort of break down some barriers Brenda welcome to Coogee Voice how are you going today? Fantastic I'm really happy to be here now first female bronze at Tamar, founder and owner of Let's Go Surfing, an executive on the Bondi Chamber of Commerce, all-round badass that's breaking the bias. There is so much for us to unpack here, but let's start here. Tell us about your connection to the eastern suburbs. Well, I grew up in Coogee, actually, and the house that I grew up in was in my family for 100 years. And my mum had um, 10 brothers and sisters and my dad had nine. So when I was young and I'd try and go out, someone was always my cousin and saw me. So I've got a lot of strong connection to Coogee. So I grew up body surfing. I was always in the ocean, loved it. I was a swimmer and uh, I always wanted to be in the surf club. But when I grew up in the 70s, girls weren't allowed in the surf club. Anyway, I then started boogie boarding and riding a cool light at Tamarama and I taught myself to surf there. I then cut my teeth on a fiberglass board at Maroubra. Then I went over to Bondi and joined the ITN Board Riders Club. Uh, So I've always been in the ocean doing different things and in 1980 I was invited to be one of the first group of women to do their bronze at Tamarama. So um Yeah, I've I've always had a strong connection to the ocean, but also to the eastern suburbs. If there was one thing you love most about the east, what is it? I love the east because there's always some action. So, like, we're really close to Australia's largest city, but when you're on one of our beaches, you could be anywhere in the world and the ocean's beautiful. So, you've got beautiful ocean, you've got great places to go out and eat and bars and there's always a bit of action and and anything goes. There's all different types of people. If there was one thing you could change, what would that be? I think I'd change people's perception of the eastern suburbs because a lot of people think eastern suburbs is full of entitled wankers and yes, there are some of them. But there's actually really strong communities and um, a lot of, you know, working class people because the eastern suburbs was traditionally a working class area. Bondi was called Scum Valley. No one wanted to live there. Coogee was very much a working class place. So 
The, it's steep. Clovelly was shit Valley Point. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of people who've grown up there and they've stayed there, strong communities, and I think people just think, oh, it's it's where tourists come or backpackers come, but there's strong communities of people that are doing good things in the eastern suburbs. Brenda, Surf Life Saving this year has now celebrated 41 years of women being allowed to participate in doing their bronze. You were saying in the early 80s, Tamarama, you were one of the first women to do a bronze. Wow. What was it like back then being involved in surf life saving? Well, it was like we were just a small group and we actually felt really special because it was something new and it was it was special because it hadn't happened before. You know, women just weren't allowed in the club. So there were a few of us, but we were treated actually really well. But it was this special event sort of thing. It wasn't just like, oh, yeah, it's open now for everyone. It took, a, it took time. Why did you get involved? I always wanted to join the Surf Lifesaving Club and I wasn't allowed because I was a girl for number one. And number two, I loved all of those things that you learned in Surf Lifesaving. I love I loved helping people. So I loved the idea of rescuing people. I loved being on surfboards. I loved swimming. And um, I guess I wanted to be able to do it. And even if I look back now, it's not like at the time I was like, I'm going to break the bias, but I just thought, well, I don't understand why I can't be in the club because I was a pretty good swimmer and pretty good in the ocean. So really, if it was on merit, I probably should have been allowed to be in there. 41 years isn't that long. There are plenty of people who are listening to this podcast who would be saying, oh my gosh, that's actually been within my generation or my parents' generation. My mum grew up in Bronte at a time when surf lifesaving had blacked out walls, men only. And one of the challenges for her with me getting involved in surf lifesaving is getting involved in an institution which she saw as incredibly exclusionary. Now, I have to say, Surf Lifesaving has come a really, really long way. We're at an event together. Uh, we've seen all women patrols. We've got our all women surf rescue 30. Where do you see the next steps for Surf Lifesaving to go to become more of an inclusive organisation? I think it's actually on its way to be very inclusive. Um, like in every part of anyone, in any community um, sports where there's men and women, we need more women at the top, you know, but women do the hard yards. I, I always say since women have become involved in surf lifesaving, it's more organised. The clubs, <laughs> you know, does lots of events. And we saw that at Tamarama where it's become more inclusive, like having women's only patrols and um celebrating Pride Week and all of those things and they're doing Indigenous groups and they're, they're really trying to get a more diverse range of people into the club. Yeah, as well as multicultural swim days, um, working out in regional communities, working out in different countries. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Now, let's go surfing. Most people would be deeply familiar with your wonderful business, why did you start it? Well, I started Let's Go Surfing with an idea to promote women in surfing. So I had spent my life pretty much surfing alone. Like I had a few friends and there were a few girls here and there, 
who surfed, but it sort of all came together in 1995. I had been a PE teacher for, at that point, about five years. I did a Bachelor of Education and I wrote an honours thesis on surfing, 20,000 words. I did it on the um, different measurements, comparing elite versus non-elite surfers. But in the end, I came up with the fact that we just need to teach surfing in schools. So I don't know how that worked out, but anyway, that's what I did. Some schools do. <laughs> but this was in the 90s when there, there was no such thing as a surf school. And I was in South Maroubra Board Riders Club and there were a couple of girls, but not many. And I wanted more girls to compete with. So I used to meet all these girls who surfed a bit and I'd say, come to the club. So I'd come and pick them up, take them to the contest and when they got there, they'd feel uncomfortable. They'd get scared because there were all guys there watching. So then they wouldn't go in the, the comp. So I thought, maybe I should coach them. I've got all the experience. I'd, I'd traveled the world surfing. I'd been in a few competitions up to national level. I was a passionate surfer. I had a Bachelor of Education. So I thought, maybe I should just start coaching these girls surfing. So I just borrowed uh, $5,000 from a friend and bought some surfboards and I borrowed a van and I just opened the doors of this van and, and started teaching on Bondi. And men, women and children from everywhere just started falling through the door. And I thought, wow, this running a business is easy. Um, <laughs> but that was because it was something new. And in in that... I then joined into all the associations like Surfing Australia and Surfing New South Wales and I would go to meetings and join committees and again I would be one of the only girls that was there. But I wanted to change the status quo about women in surfing and it wasn't just about saying I want to develop these fantastic female surfers, which was part of what we were doing, but I wanted women to feel comfortable and feel supported and do something that they thought they weren't able to do. So it was all about women that was the reason that I started it. Scared to participate because men are watching. Do you think this barrier still exists for some women? Oh, absolutely. I think that exists for some women in everything we do. And I mean, now that we've got social media, everybody's watching everything at all times. But I also think women have come a long way and there's a lot more women surfing. There's a lot more women with confidence. You know, a lot of women that I've taught over the years have been people that were sitting on the beach in the 80s, you know, buying the Chico Rolls and always wanted to surf but didn't have the confidence. Or they had nearly drowned so they had a fear and or they just are scared to go by themselves and try something new so running a surf school was something that we could help them have confidence and and break down their own barriers and say yeah you can you can do this it's fun men still grossly outnumber women when it comes to surfing why do you think that's the case and how do we break that barrier and get more women on a board well, look, it's traditionally been a male-dominated sport, so it's, you know, steeped in that sort of history. You know, you have to – well, in the old days, there was no such thing as women's wetsuits or anything, so you had to wear a swimming cosy, and if you're not comfortable in that on a board, you don't feel good. Now we've got lots of 
different wetsuits, they're a bit of a fashion statement and there's something for everyone so people can feel comfortable. And having surf schools, teaching people to surf, um, that enables women to overcome some barriers. So one of the biggest programs we run, it's called Women on Waves. And we've been running that for years. So we put the time at 9.30 because it's for a lot of mums who come after they drop their kids at school. And, you know, nowadays I see women in their wetsuit with a surfboard under their arm dropping their kid at school and then walking down to the beach and coming in our lesson. And I think when you've got a bit of a community, then, you know, anyone feels comfortable. So a community of women in the surf is fantastic. I went for a surf this morning at North Bondi and there were 10 women and one guy. So it's changing. The other thing is there were no or you there weren't visible role models when I grew up. Like you'd open a tracks magazine or any magazine and there weren't any photos of women actually surfing. They might have been on the beach or holding a boogie board or something, but they weren't actually surfing and nowadays We've got more women as role models that we can see, um, women doing fantastic things in the surf. And uh, a couple of years ago, there became equal pay for women in the World Surfing League. So things like that are moving women surfing along. Who's your role model in surfing? Well, my role model was always um, Pam Burridge. Uh, she was about my age, but she was my generation, and she went on to become a world champion. But one of the first, well, the first Australian to surf was a woman called Isabel Latham. When Duke Kahanamoku came over to Australia to showcase surfing, he got Isabel Latham on a surfboard. So the first person to surf in Australia was a woman. So, you know, there's, there's plenty of role models, but I guess Pam was my role model. I was with you in an event and a woman came up to you and said, Brenda, I'm 45. Am I too old to learn how to surf? Is age a barrier for learning how to surf? No way. I mean, most of the women who start our Women on Waves um, are usually between 40 and 60. Um, so, you know, obviously we have a lot of younger women and, and young girls as well, but Age is no barrier. I mean, surfing is actually the perfect activity for a woman because, or for anyone, but, you know, for women, there's adventure involved in it. Um, there's fitness. It's fun. It's social. You can do it with friends. You can do it by yourself. And when you travel, you've got something to do. Like, I don't go anywhere without a surfboard. So for women who are nervous or afraid about giving surfing a crack, what do you have to say to that? I say, come and see me. I'll look after <laughs> you. Um, and we also have a lot of female coaches, but also really nice coaches because I'm the boss of them. So they have to answer to me. <laughs> our whole vision is to be the world's best surf school experience. That's one thing. But our motto is changing lives one wave at a time. So we like to change people's lives for the better. And um, we look after you. Like, when I learned to surf, I learned Tamarama on a five-foot cool light that's actually, that's really hard to do. But nowadays, you know, 
had a lot of experience. So we give people big soft boards, we give them wetsuits, we have small groups. And like I've even run courses called Surf Harmony where I've held people's hands and we just dive under the water so they can feel confident. So yeah, it's about finding some people who can help you and take baby steps if that's what you need. I think that that is incredibly beautiful, changing lives one wave at a time. In particular, I've got a special connection with the water and I deeply believe in water therapy and the calmingness of water. And there's a special place for me in living close to the coast and what that can do for you. How has COVID impacted your business? Well, COVID's obviously been a shocker. Um, (laughs) You know, beaches were closed. People weren't allowed to do any activities. We had to close down. We had to navigate through the JobKeeper with our staff, which, you know, was a fantastic help. Um, and e- But even now we're still in all sorts because <laughs> we've had, you know, floods, shark attacks, tsunami warnings, cyclone swells, water quality. Like there's always something. But I actually think surfing helps you with that because the lessons you learn from surfing are, you know, the waves keep coming at you and you've got to push through them and and the ocean doesn't give you what you want when you want it. So you have to keep pushing through to get to the opportunity, which is a good wave. So I, I use that for my own self to keep going in the difficult times. But I do remember at various times during the last two years, first of all, I thought, is this the end? Is that 25 years of hard work down the drain? Do I just throw it in? It's really hard to run a business in these difficult times. But I kept going, no, you know what? My job isn't done. My purpose is to change people's lives one wave at a time. And the people who I want to change their lives, it's people who come to us who learn to surf. But we also have a very big community program where disadvantaged kids or Indigenous kids or disabled people, they come and do a low-cost or no-cost program. And I guess because I grew up in a working-class family, I feel like it's a privilege. Yes, I've won the right to have a licence to run a surf school, so you've got to make sure your business is sustainable, but you've got to look after the community as well. So, you know, I think that's really important. I've also created careers for, you know, at the moment I have 12 full-time staff, which I carried through in the whole of COVID. And at when we were really busy, because we operate at Maroubra, Bondi, Byron and Ballina, we had about 100 staff before COVID. And, you know, some of these people, um, you know, they want a career at the beach and, Some of them, like we're having four babies that are born to Let's Go Surfing staff this year and people have mortgages. So I felt like I have this responsibility. I set out to change people's lives and here I am doing it. I can't just throw it in. I want to keep helping people. So what's next for Let's Go Surfing? (laughs) Well, what's next is we're still going to survive. And um, hopefully when tourists come back, that, that brings another part of our business back. But um, for me personally, I, I want to 
keep going because I still love teaching surfing and I still love helping people. But I also think I've learned a lot about leadership. So I would like to maybe start doing some leadership programs for women that involves a bit of surfing because I feel like surfing is something when you get in the ocean, everybody's equal. You don't know who anyone is. You don't know how much money they've got. You don't know where they're from. We're all equal and we're all battling the same ocean. So I think it's a really good place to sort of break down some barriers and then then move forward. And I think women need to learn to lead their own lives, to be the leader of their own lives. And there's look, there's some fantastic women who are, are leaders, like you, you know, women you. in politics, um, women in, in all sort of um, organisations, but... We need to learn to be our own leaders and to um, to help others. Brenda, before I let you go, there are three very tough questions that we ask everyone that comes onto Coogee Voice. You must declare the best beach in the eastern suburbs, where sells the best coffee, and where you can get the best burger. Go. Oh, wow. Um. Look, I like every beach. Every beach has its moments. You know, I love South Maruba Reef. I love Coogee for a body surf. Um, I love Tamarama for that little left-hander on the reef. But I guess my favourite place at the moment is North Bondi because it's easy and you just ride a softboard and have a bit of fun out there. Best coffee, it's either Gusto in Coogee or Shook bakery in North Bondi. Best burger, I guess Marcelleria. Brenda, if people would like to learn more about Let's Go Surfing, where should they head to? Well, check out letsgosurfing.com.au and you can come and uh, do lessons at Maroubra, Bondi, if you're traveling to Byron or Ballina or Lennox Head. We operate there as well. So give us a call, check out our website and uh, we'd love to help you. Brenda, thanks for joining us on Coogee Voice. Thank you so much. Ah, oh, doesn't that just make you want to get in the water and learn how to surf? What an inspiring conversation. Now, if you'd like to learn more about Brenda and Let's Go Surfing and learn how to surf, check out letsgosurfing.com.au. You've been listening to Coogee Voice. 